Hiring for your small business? If you're not looking for professionals on LinkedIn, you're looking in the wrong place. That's like looking for your car keys in a fish tank. LinkedIn helps you hire professionals you can't find anywhere else, even those who aren't actively searching for a new job but might be open to the perfect role. In a given month, over 70% of LinkedIn users don't even visit other leading job sites. So start looking in the right place. With LinkedIn, you can hire professionals like a professional. Post your free job on linkedin.com slash people today. Ryan Reynolds here from Mint Mobile. With the price of just about everything going up during inflation, we thought we'd bring our prices down. So to help us, we brought in a reverse auctioneer, which is apparently a thing. Mint Mobile Unlimited Premium Wireless. Ready to get 30, 30, ready to get 30, ready to get 20, 20, 20, ready to get 20, 20, ready to get 15, 15, 15, 15, just 15 bucks a month. So give it a try at mintmobile.com slash switch. $45 up front for three months plus taxes and fees. Promote for new customers for limited time. Unlimited more than 40 gigabytes per month. Slows. Full terms at mintmobile.com. Planning for your next trip? Elevate your travel style with Quince. Quince has all the jet-setting essentials you'll want for your next getaway, like European linen, premium luggage options, buttery soft Italian leather bags, and so much more. And is all priced at 50 to 80% less than similar brands. Plus, Quince only works with factories that use safe and ethical manufacturing practices. Pack your bags with high-quality essentials you'll be wearing for vacations to come with Quince. Go to quince.com slash pack for free shipping and 365-day returns. I think people who have air fryers are too pushy for their own good. They go, I said it. Do you know I can tell if somebody owns an air fryer? Oh, you don't have to find out. They'll just keep on fucking telling you all about it. Oh, they're so handy. Did you know you can cook a salmon, bake a cake and put a whitewash on all at the same time, Scotty? No, I didn't, Jean, actually, because I was enjoying my life until you started boring me to tears with your cookery witchcraft. Honestly, either these people are on commission, have very boring lives, or it's a fucking cult. And I think my money's on all three. Hello and welcome back to yet another, sorry that was far too energetic for me wasn't it? Hello and welcome back to yet another series of After the Tone. Insert a round of applause here please, many thank yous. Season 7, would you believe such a thing? Uh, Yes I would actually, I've got the piles to prove it. (laughs) What a way to start. Uh, If you are new, come on. Get it together. If you are new around here, I'm Scotty, your host, and together with my mates, Debbie, Tim, Myra, and Kat, we bring you inside the mind of a global community. I know, I'm sorry. Uh, and it's a community of absolute weirdos, which is a blessing and a curse, believe me. Um, <laughs> how it works is you, the general public, leave voice notes for me on the ATT Benaphone. The producers whittle them down, and what you're about to hear is my immediate response to them. I've got not a clue what's about to happen and unfold here but apparently that's half of the fun i use the word apparently (laughs) now some people say this is a bit like a pub if it was it wouldn't be the sort of pub that served you things on planks of wood no no it's more of a dodgy provincial gay bar than it is gastro pub babe um but i tend to like to think of this as a more sort of local late night radio with a bit more effing and blinding if you know what i mean whatever you call it whatever it means to you you're more than welcome to take a seat and have a laugh with us and at some point probably cry (laughs) just just letting you know that that might be a thing if you're a regular if you're an ltl or if you're an ltl ftc why why have you come back for more don't you have things to do with your lives don't you have other people to annoy oh god it's just a bunch of people clearly looking for attention isn't it (laughs) on today's show i get snogged apparently and an old man gets his glasses swiped Uh, but before that big shout out this week to my mum who is apparently to my shock an avid listener of the show yeah i know (laughs) no poor thing i think she knows too much now actually uh, because there was me thinking that she couldn't use the internet because the family group chat is just all terrible uses of emojis and typos. But, oh no, no, apparently telling me over Sunday lunch how much she loves Gemma from season six. Apparently Gemma's her favourite. What am I? Hmm? What am I? Chopped liver? (laughs) Right, Debbie, I hope your fingers are warm. (laughs) 
<laughs> because I am your puppet. Let's do season seven. Hello, everybody. Scotty, Tim, Cat, Maya, and producer Debs. The very, very real producer Debs. Yeah, this is um, not Colin. Colin from Glasgow. I'm calling because something horrible and hilarious has happened to me this morning. Um, and I know I should keep it to myself, but I also want to tell people and for the reaction because keeping it to myself might make me crazy. About 20 years ago, I was a photography student, um, so I had, yeah, I do have a lot of cameras and they're just decluttering. And um, a couple of years ago, an aunt gave me a couple of Polaroid cameras that she had in her room and in her house. So as I'm like decluttering now in my own place, I'm, I'm finding her two cameras and inside the box for one of them, there's a Polaroid. And I, because I um, had my own Polaroid camera back in the student days, I think that this is mine um, and this Polaroid that's in the bottom of the box is something I took. So I turn it over and have a, a good look and I recognise my old bed, but then I realise that I'm looking at a picture of my aunt who's now in her 70s, naked except for stockings, uh, with her hands tied to the, the headboard. Actually, I'm regretting leaving this message because it's talking about it has actually clarified the image of my mind and I'm trying to forget. It's only been an hour or so. Uh, thanks for letting me get that off my chest. <laughs> Bye. <laughs> Great work. What a way to start Season 7, Episode 1. Ten points, round of applause, badge going to you, Colin Colin, from Glasgow. <laughs> now... Let me just clarify, this is absolutely no sex shaming because you know what? Live your best lives as long as you're doing it with consent and you're not hurting anybody. You're, well, you know, inflicting pain can be positive. Oh God, now we're going down such... Two minutes in and I'm going down a, a warren hole? A rabbit hole? A warren hole? A rabbit? I'm going down a hole. <laughs> That's what she said. <laughs> well... It's quite funny because I don't think you're supposed to find the image, are you? But I hope you're keeping it for posterity. You know, you could put that on a mask card. <laughs> it's just, it's just, but what's a bit worrying is, I was like, why is she on your bed? <laughs> Can we, I don't know, is it possible to have a call from the aunt to clarify this? Are you going to bring it up with your aunt? Are you going to give the image back because it's not your image, you know, and we live in these times where, you know, this is very important. People whose images like that, they own those images. Oh, God, that is going to be one hell of an excellent visit to your aunties, isn't it? Well, good honour, that's what I say. Sounds like a real goer. Sort of a bit jealous, actually. <laughs> Hi, Scotty. Long-time listener, first-time slightly terrified caller. Just letting you know that I dreamt last night that we made out in a paternoster lift. Make of that what you will. Aren't other people's dreams really boring? Thanks. <laughs> now, I'm very glad LTL, FT, STC, <laughs> fucking, you lot, you don't make it easy for me, do you? That you've dropped in this 10 second confession. I'm glad that I featured in it, actually. Isn't that lovely? Although I keep on rewinding it and saying, what's a past master lift? I don't know. Maybe I'm hearing this completely differently to how other people are, but a past master lift. Other people's dreams are incredibly boring, apart from when they feature me. <laughs> so, if you have any dreams with me in, please feel free to call up. Many thanks. Considering I have such a bad memory and I can't remember anything, um, and I remember being on, like, um, it's called the Merry Hill Mini. So if anybody, like, is from, like, Dudley or the West Midlands, they'll know of the Merry Hill Shopping Centre. The reason I'm saying it is because there were these little Merry Hill Mini buses and I was on this bus and um, I, I panicked because I was like busy reading something. I don't know what I was doing, but I wasn't paying attention and I was going to miss my stop. So in a panic, I like ran from the back 
and then the driver put the brakes on like quite suddenly and I went to grab hold of like there was only ever like two like poles that you could hold went to grab the pole at the front and realized that I hadn't grabbed the pole at the front I'd actually grabbed this old man's glasses (laughs) in my left hand and I shouldn't laugh this is so bad and basically in my panic I had grabbed his glasses and they went flying to the front of the bus and threw out, out the door. The door had opened for me to kind of stop and get out. And I like, because it stopped so fast, it propelled me to like towards the door and I like ran out. And then like I discovered the glasses on the floor, but the driver hadn't realised that this has happened. And this poor man was like in shock realizing that his glasses had gone and was like what what what's happened and I just had to run after the bus with these man's glasses and I just felt so bad and I you know what every few like years I will have like a recurring dream of that or like something it will come into my memory and it'll make me shudder in like such bad teenage anxiety of like I can't believe I did that and I feel so bad but then also laughing because it was just so funny <laughs> you see this is what happens I take two weeks holiday and you all like go up the fucking wall didn't you <laughs> now excellent great <laughs> imagine if someone pulled onto my glasses I don't know how to feel about that I mean I would be in shock I would be absolutely in shock there's no other response than what this fella had on the bus um I think the moral of the story here is never grab the front pole Always go for the one behind. (laughs) You have absolved yourself of any form of guilt. You no longer need to have this reoccurring anxiety dream. By sharing it with the room, it no longer exists. (laughs) Thank you for calling in. Hello, ATT gang. How are you doing? Um, Congrats on getting on the Beeb. Remember us when you're famous. Or don't, that's fine. Um, I just wanted to call in today to talk about the ultimate troll in all our lives, Facebook memories, bringing up um, hashtag trauma on the daily. But today, I've just had a look on my Facebook memories because I was bored. And um, there's a post on my actual Facebook wall from my school bully straight up bullying me on the Facebook wall. The message is just like mocking and like condescending, but it's like, hey, gorgeous. But then like taking the mic out of me for like crying over a history test. I mean, I just did not have that on my trauma bingo card today. Oh, this is Mandy, by the way. Oh, hi, Mandy. Thank you so much for your call. Now, first off, let's address the elephant in the room. No, not me. (laughs) I've always wanted to say that. (laughs) The BBC. Yes, you can now find us available on BBC Sounds. Nothing's going to change around here. I'm still going to say fuck. (laughs) I think someone at the BBC has probably had to count the fact that I've said fuck. There you go. There's two of them. But you can still listen to us wherever you listen to us. It just means that those lot can listen in if they like as well. <laughs> now, let's get on to the point in hand here. Facebook memories. Who's ever been bored enough that they're like, oh, I'm so bored. I'm just going to go on Facebook memories. That's not a thing, but apparently it is. Now, I'm slightly going to contradict myself here because I think Facebook... <clears throat> clear on my voice for this because it's a very technical thing that I'm about to say. I think Facebook was actually invented as a sort of queer legacy project. Stick with me here. Because what it has done is it's logged everybody at a certain period of time in their lives, particularly heterosexuals, when they were happy, when they didn't have children and mortgages and, you know, the things that straights do. I can say these things. I'm a straight ally. Okay. Love is love, etc. <laughs> Now, what's happened is, progressively, heterosexual people have got more sad, more boring, and uh, laden with the world's worries. So, 
um, what's really great is that you can sort of look back through a history of straight sadness, essentially, and making yourself feel better. So <laughs> that's the reason why Facebook etc the socials medias um do these things for us it is actually a queer history project okay so next time you're looking back at the past just think about the present just think about what those people are doing now they're having to have holidays with children they don't particularly like (laughs) (laughs) it's time for your favorite of mine it's time for the The dm slide This one comes from Anonymous. I don't even know who sent it in. And the message starts, So, I had a fucking sex dream featuring Scotty. (laughs) What is in the water, honestly? And that there, JRF. (gasps) Double whammy. It was hot as fuck. I blushed when I woke up. If you too have something you can't put your voice to, then slide into our DMs on the social medias. (laughs) Hello, Scotty. This is Toby. It's been a while since I last checked in and uh, came to visit the pub, but I have a fairly big update. Well, kind of. I have two things I want to talk about. I'll try and make it as quick as I can because I don't want to go on forever and ever and ever. So I started doing uh, online sex work in December and that's going quite well. I'm quite happy with it. I'm really enjoying the kind of support from people there. Um, Not from just people who are subscribed to me, but for people who uh, also create online sexual content, which is really, really cool. And then in the same kind of vein, I wanted to talk about something that happened to me, which I'm kind of having to face this coming weekend, and it makes me just kind of slightly anxious. So I'm going to an event called Bear Bash, and I'm sure you've heard of it. It's an event in Manchester, and it's where lots of bears go. And there's one particular person that I have been made aware who is going, who last year decided that without my consent, they would share an intimate video of me and him on their Twitter account, I ended up having to report the post and their account was suspended and their, their, until they removed the post. Um, but they never acknowledged it. They never apologized. In fact, they just blocked me on everything. I'm now aware that this person is going to be there. And I don't really know how to um, compartmentalize it. I know that what they did is illegal. I know that what they did is morally wrong. And there there are some people out there who may think, Joel, you you do online sex work. It comes with the territory. But I definitely think that's a separate thing. This was an intimate moment that we we captured because I trusted this person and they broke my trust. So, yeah, I just guess I want to know what everybody at the pub thinks about it um, and also what people's opinions are on online sex work and sex work in general. Yeah. Thanks, Scotty. I love you. Keep doing what you're doing. Bye. Hello, gorgeous Toby. Welcome back to the room. It's been a few seasons since we've heard from you, but, you know, that's how this works, everybody. You can dip in and out as you like, as you find. You know, something will stir something in your life. Someone might say something, and then there's an ideal opportunity to jump in. Um, And I will be giving out the number a little bit later if that is the case. Um, First off, let's just start out by, you know, setting the shop up and saying... This is a space in which, you know me, I'm always trying to detangle shame from, well, most aspects of my life. (laughs) But something that I think is really important is to, what I've tried to address is um, the shame that I attached with sex and sexuality. And something that I like to feel an advocate for because I have friends who are also um, sex workers, digitally, IRL, as the children say, etc., is that I am pro-sex worker is labour, it's legitimised, it should be held in a space in which you feel safe, Toby. So that's my point of view on that. Now, I'm just going to put out there that whoever's saying to you, oh, well, you are a sex worker, these things can go out there, doesn't understand how consent works, okay? So A, consent is sexy. Asking somebody, oh, would you like, can I could we, etc., is a great way to start a conversation around sex and sexuality. It's just really, and it's really easy. It's always can, could, yeah? 
that's how we can start these things. Because even if you enjoy the types of sexual dynamic which has role play in it, which is based upon hierarchy, pre that, you need to be having conversations that start with can, do you, can we, etc. Because there has to be some like what I like to call sex admin that comes before these things. So this person who has posted this video, etc., of you that you've had to then put in a whole bunch of like stress and worry and well just the fact that it's been your image and your video has been used without your consent whoever's saying to you oh yes but you are a sex worker they're not comprehending fully what consent means okay you have not consented to that film being out there in the world and that film being consumed for free let's bring capitalism into this because we've all got a survival goal all got pay the bills please don't come in here feeling that you need to hold those feelings because I think, as you've rightly identified, that isn't a fair thing that's happened to you. I think this brings on to a more sort of broader conversation, which I'm really up for having, which is how the sort of, I think, what we used to call back in the noughties, the scene, uh, or what some more modern folk would call the queer community nowadays, there can be this replication of the playground, this sort of tit-for-tat, this quite bitchy attitude. And my friend Matty said a wonderful thing on Twitter recently that really, like, sits with me. And they said, queer people that look at other queer people with suspicion or hatred in public space is not the one. And I'm really about that. I don't think we need to be replicating this sort of childhood drama. I don't think we need to be like, well, she said this and you're going to be at this and this person's going to be at this. Now, your fear about meeting this person is very real. It's a very different thing because they've done something to you, which obviously has touched parts of you, that's made you feel like very vulnerable and rightly so. Um, But there is something about this sort of like teenageness that these people like to try and bring in to our dynamics into our social lives that I think is really like outdated like can we not try to be as kind and as friendly and as grown up as possible in the same breath I also want to recognise why the gay playground exists is because as young adults, as teenagers, we were robbed of that playing out of that dynamic in the playground. And I think the playground is often a place where people find themselves, they work out dynamics, they work out a conflict resolution, they work out how to be kinder, nicer people through tit for tat. And I think a lot of queer people... um, replicate this in their early 20s and some into their 30s and 40s because they didn't have that time to explore those things and or learn. Now, maybe you don't agree with me. Maybe you don't agree with things that I've said. Worry not. The number is coming up. Thank you very much, Toby. You've stirred a lot of thoughts and feelings here. And I'm not sure if I'm um, being very clear about what I think about this, but because I'm thinking on my feet here. But I know inherently that consent hasn't been sought and the feelings that you feel going to an event knowing that somebody's going to be there who's done this to you is not the one. You shouldn't be feeling those things. You should be living your best queer life and walking into spaces feeling looked after and not feeling persecuted. Still to come, there is a rare sighting of producer Deb. An overflowing emotional teacup and a three-turd tail. (laughs) Oh, of course. Oh, fucking course. <laughs> Remember, if you'd like to get involved, if you fancy sending us a voice note, we'd love to hear your voice, apparently. I've just, I've read that, I've clearly. <laughs> That's the way I said that. Well, we'd love to hear your voice. <laughs> the number to call, oh, God. <laughs> you can tell I've had a couple of weeks off, can't you? It's like when you come back after summer holiday and you try to pick up a pencil at school and you're like, nope, literally my hand doesn't do that anymore. <laughs> If you want to get involved, open up the WhatsApp, send us a voice note to this number. 0788-200-3420. Now, if you are a fan of ATT, if you fancy having chats with the regulars, uh, if you want to access my show notes or members' chats, or you just want to help us keep the lights on, why not do something a bit radical and give us a few quid for something that you already consume for free? 
Without your help, without your support, we are unable to keep the lights on. So come and join us, patreon.com forward slash after the tone. Shout outs this week. Uh, the first one comes from NJ Dundun says, to all the mentors out there, well done. Oh God, what a lovely message in solidarity. Pablo's back. Oh, what do you want now, Pablo, for God's sake? <laughs> no, you know me. I love listening to all of your worries and... <laughs> Pablo has been in touch to say, I would like to shout out my BF, Mick. Boyfriend or best friend? I'm going to go with boyfriend. <laughs> Look at me. I'm going to go with boyfriend as if actually we don't get many queer people calling up. <laughs> I think it's safe to say boyfriend. He's been sick. He has not been able to sing for me over the past week. And so selfishly, I want him to get better so I can hear his sweet little voice again. Ah, oh, isn't that sweet, Pablo, that actually your partner mix not very well, but just because you can't hear Mick sing, it's all about you, isn't it? What about poor Mick? Are you making Mick any nice drinks to get Mick better? What's your involvement in this, actually, Pablo? Thank you very much. <laughs> if you if you would like a shout-out for somebody's birthday, bar mitzvah or burial. <laughs> it's the only other B thing I could think of. Then hit us up on the socials. After the tone, P-O-D. Debbie. Yes, it's called the socials, Debbie. Debbie's look at me saying the children don't call it the socials. Debbie, it's called the socials, Okay. Actually, to give it its full titles, it's the social medias as is. Okay? God, she doesn't know anything, does she? Hey, after the time, um, I'm calling for some advice, which is I am I've been having like a very intense time over the last couple of months. I have like a very difficult family situation, which is like hard, and then I am having some quite big like kind of gender-based realizations like basically I kind of think I want surgery and that is cool and amazing and also a bit scary and like logistically challenging and taking up a lot of my brain and then my industry (laughs) there's like some horrible transphobic stuff going on basically like at work which I'm fighting against and want to do but obviously it's quite difficult when I'm like affected by it too I feel really kind of at capacity emotionally like uh, the way that I keep seeing it in my brain is like you know when you like really overfill a cup of tea so I'm this like really full cup of tea and it means that like literally like when tiny things happen like one little tiny knock will mean that everything like all of my emotions just like spill out of my mug body <laughs> so it means that like basically I'm finding it really hard like if very small things happen like a little thing at work or like a minor disagreement with someone or like things that I completely would be able to deal with before now I feel like I'm really challenging <laughs> and then also like bad stuff's happening to my friends and family like all the time like people are dying people are losing jobs like people are breaking up like obviously like life is really difficult and continues to be and I want to like be able to support people as well and so basically my question is kind of around like resilience like I guess there is just like a truth of that we have to continue living <laughs> um and things kind of do just continue to be difficult and so like how do you like balance finding ways of keeping going with also like looking after yourself or like giving time to yourself but I, also what does that mean <laughs> um yeah bye Oh, hello, lovely person. And now I think you might be new here. So if you are, settle down, take your shoes off. Do you know what I mean? I mean, not because I've got any airs or graces, just because it feels a bit more comfortable. And I'll get you a cup of tea. And we'll get to that in a minute. Now, I'm just going to preface this by saying, you've walked in here asking me for advice. (laughs) Wrong person. (laughs) Actually, wrong group of people. (laughs) I don't think anyone actually knows what they're doing here, which I think is kind of the joy of it. But I'm really glad that you've kind of come in with this question because maybe over the next few weeks, we might be able to kind of waffle some things out and some truths might hit you and you might be able to find your own advice, I guess is what I'm saying. 
Um, family is always difficult, isn't it? Regardless of what's going on in the world. I mean, I know everybody else thinks like we've all gone back to normal, but like difficult emotions, paranoid me just thinks around any corner is going to be the next thing. So if I'm thinking that, I'm sure other people are thinking and feeling it too. And trying to navigate that with family and, you know, everything going back to double speed, essentially, is it's a difficult time. Stuff with gender, completely. I mean, it is scary because you're asking yourself some questions that perhaps need to have final answers that um, you might not know. And that does take time and that does take realisation. And there are people that can be asking, well, what version do you want? Because, you know, that's essentially where we're at with gender in the UK at the moment. It's like, well, what do you want? As if everyone's supposed to know the fucking answers to this concept that other people fucking developed over thousands of years. Anyway, let's come back to the cup of tea. I felt the cup of tea. Now, it's your visual. Enjoy it. I think for me, it just felt too, um, too joyous. Here we go. If I'm being honest with you, I am, uh, I'm so in the same place and I think this has touched me because uh, I also feel really full as well and uh, I had this sudden realisation when you were uh, calling that um, I also don't know the answers. I don't know. Actually, yeah, I just feel really full. One of my partners said to me the other day, do you want a cup of tea? And I just burst into tears because I was like, I don't know the answer. And I think... I think it's difficult to know. I think it's really difficult to know. And I think we are constantly living in this world where we are expected to be resilient and expected to um, pull ourselves together in many different ways. And, do you know, sometimes it just gets too much, doesn't it? And you just think, well, I'll tell you what I think. I think, can you all just fuck off? (laughs) Can you all... Stop asking me fucking questions. Stop asking me for the fucking solution. Stop looking at me. Stop expecting of me. And can everyone just take fucking ten minutes to wipe their own fucking ass, please? (laughs) And the thing is, as you can hear in this response, I am going at the moment on an hourly basis where I will be completely fine and the next hour I am like... I would just like to run away to the hills and live off the land. (laughs) Because I tell you what, you know what, people will call you snowflakes, they call you this, that and the other. But I I think this world sometimes can be a fucking knobhead, can't it? An absolute dick swab. (laughs) And I don't use that lightly. And I think other people will be hearing you and feeling you. And so what I'm going to do is I'm going to invite the callers to contribute to this because I ain't got a clue what to say or what to do or how to proceed. So after the tone listeners, maybe you've got a route through this for me or this person. Maybe you've got some advice. Maybe you've got some wise words about, you know, softness and care and self-care and resilience. And if you do, why not break the seal? Why not open up the WhatsApp and send us a little voice note? Hiya, Scotty. Hi, producer Deb. Hello, everyone else in the room. It's Demetrius here. First time caller, short time listener. I actually found out about the pod last week and I've just been binge listening every episode ever since. I'm a fellow mental, fellow working class, queer, black. Yeah, I just love everything that you guys are doing. Also, Scotty, do you remember back in the day when we were baby gays working at the Black Cap and they used to sell those bottles of blue and red and it was just basically caffeine, food colouring and alcohol and when you drank it, your tongue was either red or blue and then when you pooed the next day, your poo was either green or red. Absolutely ghastly. Why did we ever buy those drinks and drink those drinks? Ugh, gross. (laughs) 
oh, I always find it weird when like a real life person that I know walks into the room and I'm like, oh my God, they know too much. Oh my God, take this podcast off the internet. Hello, everybody say hello to a very old friend of mine, Demetrius, um, FTCSTL. First time caller, short time listener. Where have you been? Why have you not been listening? Wow, it's so great being your friend, D. <laughs> I loved that, just that real introduction. Fellow mental, fellow working class, queer, black. These are all my things I'm putting on the table. Absolutely love that and really endorse us doing that moving forward. Yes, I do remember working at the Black Cap with you. Now, if you don't know what the Black Cap is, people, where have you been? Well, probably you're either not living in the UK or you're under a certain age because as people of a certain age... Demetrius and I worked at this, what was, I think, like, one of the oldest drag bars at that moment in London. It's where a lot of the greats cut their teeth, and it was kind of this sort of seminal queer bar, and because where it was, it was, like, down the road from the estate that I grew up on. Essentially, it was like a real mix. It's like, I think a lot of people who come from like smaller places or smaller neighbourhoods will understand that their queer bar is often like, it is the acronym of the community. It isn't just like, this is where the gay boys go to. This is where queer people go to. It's like often, you know, everyone is a cornucopia, I think, I believe they say. So, yes, me and Demetrius used to work there and we used to get these drinks, which they would give us for, I think, something ridiculous like a pound or one pound fifty. You know, there'd be those terrible nights. Anyway, I've got a great story because I do remember our tongues being that colour and I do remember our poo being that colour. Not ever like I inspected your stall, dear, but you know what I mean? Strange things have happened actually in that bar. I remember you being at a house party like at my flat and someone vomiting out the window and you calling me and being like look out the window it's blue (laughs) oh dear memories um but what this has made me feel Demetrius is it made me think about queer space and of course dwindling queer space and how we interact with each other now in this world 20 or so years on oh my god oh my god I feel really old now anyway 17 years. Oh my God, 17 years ago. That's disgusting. How do I know things that were 17 years ago? No, stop it. Anyway, maybe, dear listener, you have a story of a queer space that no longer exists. Maybe there is somebody that you met on a night out, like I met Demetrius like 20 odd years ago. I would love to hear your stories about your local queer boozer. Pick up the blower. We'd love to hear from you. Dee, welcome to the room. Absolutely love you. Hi, Scotty. Um, welcome back, everyone. Um, the minute the last season ended, my life exploded and I had a breakup and all of this sort of thing. And I was like, no, my emotional support podcast. No, it's gone. Um, anyway, I was wondering if any of the lovely listeners or you or anyone could maybe speak a bit to managing breakups. So... It was quite a horrendous one. It was fairly unexpected, although we both felt actually we're not happy. We, yeah, we're not being our best selves, so obviously can't look after one another. But then the other day we slept with each other after we'd broken up for about three weeks and it was completely unexpected. But now I'm just like, oh shit, I'm very confused. (laughs) Um, Yeah, I feel okay, but it's just just feels weird and like obviously we've known each other we know we're obviously we're attracted to each other and all of that but it's just yeah that emotional side is diminished somewhat by the fact that we were broken up yeah anyway really glad you're back and hope this season is amazing see this is what happens this is why i can't take a holiday because when i do people's lives fall apart <laughs> Messiah complex really kicking in right now. (laughs) Hello, person. Take a seat. Well done. You're back. Listen, I'm just going to tell you something. Breakups are are difficult and they're difficult at the best. And they're, they're messy and complicated and difficult at their worst. And I just don't think through all of my 37 years of being on this planet and the relationship knowledge that I've accrued as a poly person and previous before that as a non-monogamous person and then, you know, like a gay person before that, before I become queer, because, you know, we've got to do it in stages, everybody. 
I just feel it is complicated because, and this was something that a partner told me when I was partnered with them. I was talking about an ex-relationship and they said to me, well, he was probably hurting just as much as you. And it was just a piece of information that was donated to me that I think sometimes people tell you things and they ring so true to you that you like put them in this like box in your head where you're like, that is going to mean something to me in the future. And when I broke up with that person who gave me that advice, it really helped. (laughs) Because I think it's really easy for us to create enemies of the enemy, you know, And actually what's happening there is a really complicated dance of feelings and emotions that sort of calling back to what I was speaking to Toby about earlier in the show is often coloured or littered by the experience of being a queer person, I believe. So that doesn't help you in this right moment, does it, love? (laughs) I used to be a fond believer that when you break up, you do not have access to me in the slightest. You do not have any emotional access to me. You do not see how my life is unfolding. You do not do. And then I got resolution with a very beautiful relationship that I had that was very difficult at the time, a very difficult relationship for me to navigate. And that resolution has meant a lot to me. And I think the solidarity, the kindness, the love that I have for that person now is far greater and far more generous than it was when we were in a relationship. And so I think there would have been a time where if you listen to back episodes of this podcast, I'm like, no, fuck him, get rid of them, etc, etc. I think now I'm much more of the school of thought of like, let the dust settle. And if appropriate, and if possible, resolution is really helpful for what it can teach us about ourselves within relationships, what it can offer us, but the sort of panic and the fear and the questions and the difficultness will always be there. But I have, in my experience, difficult, complicated feelings soften slightly, in my experience. Shagging, though, and this is very much a personal opinion on this, I think it really complicates things to have it off with your ex. And I've I've seen people do it successfully, but it takes a lot of admin <laughs> to get to that moment. So I wonder if you'll give yourself like a moment of respite, a moment of, I think, what does Fanny Adams call it uh, with the candles? Gwyneth. Consciously uncoupling. Like that just moment to be like, okay, this is what it is. And this is what the parameters and the boundaries of our friendship could be because perhaps there could be friendship there anyway maybe you've got some advice in this dear listener maybe you want to jump in and help this caller because clearly i don't know why people keep on asking me for advice hello it's Gemma. yesterday i saw the scotty and friends show in king's cross and it blew me away i was so emotional it was so raw and I loved it so much and I took my mum with me yeah so impressed so proud of you and last point which might even get edited out of this which I was so pleased to call up and say is that last night as I was actually looking around and turning up to the venue and stuff I was thinking I wonder if anyone is um from after the tone here I wonder was that really looking around But then at the end, when I saw Scotty for a bit, I met producer Deb. (laughs) Scream! She's real. She's real. And she might cut this out. Oh, my fucking God, I met her. And it was amazing. But that wasn't the highlight of my evening. It wasn't. I know he's going to say that because I'm screaming about that. But I was screaming to see you after so many years as well. Like, we're in touch a lot. And I use this podcast as a way that I'm like, you know, you're still in my pocket almost. I can keep you close by. I can hear you talking and uh, moaning about something or (laughs) supporting other people. But yeah, uh, don't be jail, everyone. I met producer Deb and I was front row seat, Scotty in his pants. (laughs) Oh, lovely Gem is back. Oh, my mum will be pleased at least. (laughs) 
<laughs> Isn't this lovely? Like some real life people are calling up. I always remember that call from Holly in North Carolina about three se- seasons ago. Who was like, am I literally the only person you don't know? No, <laughs> but this week, evidently, lots of people that I've met in various house parties... It says a lot about who I was and who I am. <laughs> yes, you did meet producer Deb. Oh, I was telling everybody that Debbie was a real person. Debbie, shut up in the corner there. No, no, you can't come to the microphone. It's me. Sorry, it's just getting ideas by the station. Um, <laughs> Debbie is a real life person. Yeah, I know. Do you know what? Because I really do love meeting you lot in real life. Because walking around the city that I live in, in Manchesterford, people will often stop me and be like, oh, I listen to the podcast. Or when I'm out on tour and people kind of meet me after a show or whatever. It's so lovely. I mean, I do love it. But I can always tell you, <laughs> if you listen to After the Tone, a mile off, because you're often the very sad people that are still look very nervous coming to talk to me. And I'm often kind of the nervous person that you're talking to. So, I mean, you know, there's a real type that <laughs> listen to this, isn't there? But that's what makes us excellent, by the way. So, you know, if you do see one of us in public, do come and give us a little bit of a wave, because it is lovely knowing that you are all real people and you aren't just all bots invented by that bloke who just bought the internet. <laughs> Gemma, lovely to have you. We hope we hear from you more from the season. Hello, um, Scotty. My name's Michael. I'm just calling in with a couple of poo-related stories, as you do. A couple that spring to mind. <laughs> I don't have that many. When I was young, probably around five or six, I was on a bus with my dad, going up from King's Cross towards the Angel where we lived and I was wearing shorts and I felt um, the urge to go to the loo and I felt it starting to seep out from my shorts. So I thought rather than leave, you know, something on one chair, I thought I'd sort of spread it about a bit so that I don't then get caught and the bus conductress caught me and wasn't particularly happy so she ended up taking the bus out of service but it worked out well for us because it was before the stop we were due to get off at but my dad wasn't too pleased um another time more recently what about I don't know 10-12 years ago I went to have a um central massage and um as my current husband always um tells me he thinks it's strange because I I wiped my bottom stood up and um I wore glasses at the time and I went to start wiping and I was in this guy's um, immaculate white bathroom. Everything was white and he had a sort of white sheepskin carpet or rug in the bathroom, which I thought was a bit weird. Anyway, so I stood up to um, wipe and um, a sort of Malteser flew off and landed um, somewhere in the um, bathroom. I didn't know where and I think it must have gone within the um, sheepskin carpet. So I was down on my hands and knees trying to look for it because I was like Thelma out of Scooby-Doo. And I did eventually find find it, but not before the guy was asking me what I was doing there and there because I think I was probably gone for a good six, seven minutes trying to find the Malteser. And then I suppose there's also, it's not my story, my sister took home a poo in her bag from a posh friend's house because... When she went to um, flush the loo, it wouldn't go away, so it became a floater, and she was mortified about it staying there, so she stuck it in toilet roll and carried it home. Um, anyway, I hope you like my poo stories. Cheers, thanks, Scotty. <laughs> You're all not right, are you? <laughs> now, Michael, welcome to the room. What a wonderful voice that you've got. Yeah, we love that. Thank you very much. Now... One of my favourite things that you said in that message was my current husband. <laughs> you offer no security or no permanency there, which is, which is a way, I think, in which relationships should always operate. <laughs> now, this is stirred an emotion that long-time listeners will remember the person that called up in the house share that found a fleck of poo on the floor. And I responded by saying, well, maybe the person wipes their bum standing up. Well, their outcry that there was. Well, Michael has just proved that I am actually correct. So I feel what we've put to rest here is not one poo story, but about five. (laughs) Michael, I hope you come back with more. It seems like you've got a tale about this, that and everything. And what an array, a trilogy, a triptych of dirt stories. Ten points, you can have a badge. 
And that is it for episode one of season seven. Now, we've started many a conversation. We have talked about poo. We have talked about vomit. We, <laughs> I mean, it's just the usual week, isn't it? To be fair, I don't know why I'm so, <laughs> so excited. I don't think that's the right word. So perturbed by the idea. Um, we had Toby in talking about consent and sex work. And um, we're talking about Facebook memories and being haunted on social media by the past. And we also <laughs> found that wonderful story from Colin, not Colin in Glasgow, who's found some lewd pictures of Colin's aunt. Maybe you too have found some pictures. Maybe you are being haunted by the memories that social media has hoarded. Maybe you've got a poo story. Maybe you've got a story about queer space or navigating relationships and breakups. We would love, love, love to hear from you. All you've got to do is open up the WhatsApp and send us a voice note to this number. Zero seven double eight two hundred three four two zero Unfortunately, we can't use all of the voice notes that we get, but uh, don't let that dishearten you. We listen to each and every one, and we urge you to keep coming back for more. Uh, Remember, you can save that number on your phone so that we are always to hand when the moment takes you. (laughs) What a lovely week. (laughs) Oh, I feel ready for it. Now, suddenly, I feel like I want to do 20 more calls, but actually, I've got other things to do in my life, so if you could all just step back. There we go. We've ripped the plaster, broke the seal. Another analogy insert here. Have a wonderful time. We will see you on the next dose of this thing. Look after yourselves and, well, maybe not each other because some people don't deserve it. (laughs) In a bit. After the Tone is presented by me, Scotty, produced by Debbie Bride, Vice Producer Tim Bano, Assistant Producer Maya Miller-Lewis, Digital Producer Capriel. After the Tone is a Debbie production. If you're looking for plump lips that last, you need to know about Juvederm Lip Fillers. With Juvederm Volbella XC and Juvederm Ultra XC, your lip look, whether it's subtle or bold, can last up to one full year with optimal treatment and no additional maintenance. Find a licensed specialist and see if it's right for you at Juvederm.com today. That's J-U-V-E-D-E-R-M.com. Add fullness to lips in adults over 21 with Juvederm Volbella XC or Juvederm Ultra XC. Do not use if you have severe allergies or a history of severe allergic reactions, or if you're allergic to lidocaine or the proteins used in Juvederm. Tell your doctor if you have a history of scarring or taking medicines that decrease the body's immune response or that can prolong bleeding. Common side effects include injection site redness, swelling, pain, tenderness, firmness, lumps, bumps, bruising, discoloration, or itching. As with all fillers, there's a rare risk of unintentional injection into a blood vessel, which can cause vision abnormalities, blindness, stroke, temporary scabs, or scarring. For full, important safety information, visit Juvederm.com. Hey, it's Paige DeSorbo from Giggly Squad. High-quality fashion without the price tag. Say hello to Quince. I'm snagging high-end essentials like cozy cashmere sweaters, sleek leather jackets, fine jewelry, and so much more. With Quince being 50 to 80% less than similar brands. And they partner with factories that prioritize safe, ethical, and responsible manufacturing. I love that. Luxury quality within reach. Go to quince.com slash style to get free shipping and 365 day returns on your next order. Quince.com slash style. Mom deserves the best and there's no better place to shop for Mother's Day than Whole Foods Market. They're your destination for unbeatable savings. From premium gifts to show-stopping flowers and irresistible desserts. Start by saving 33% with Prime on all body care and candles. Then get a 15-stem bunch of tulips for just $9.99 each with Prime. Round out Mom's menu with festive rosé, irresistible berry chantilly cake, and more special treats. Come celebrate Mother's Day at Whole Foods Market. 